Thanks for tuning in to this episode. BBB Presents Professor Tells All, featuring Mary Gorman, a professor at University of Cincinnati Lindner College of Business. BBB's Sarah Kemmerer talks with Mary about how students today are prevailing while coping with the effects of the pandemic on higher education and increasing opportunities for student entrepreneurship. Wow, I can't believe we've already made it to March. Thank you to those who have tuned in over the past few months. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Just a quick reminder, you can find all BBB Presents episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. So in previous episodes, I've talked with small business owners and industry experts within mental health, human resources, and cybersecurity, just to name a few. So I wanted to switch things up a bit. Today, I am joined by Mary Gorman, a University of Cincinnati, Lindner College of Business professor for 25 years. She's taught classes in introduction to business, professionalism, and design thinking, and is well-loved within the UC community. She's seen thousands of students come through her classes and knows a thing or two about the success of her graduates. Mary, it is a pleasure to have you as a guest today. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me on your podcast. So we've never really had someone in higher education as a guest. I myself graduated from the University of Cincinnati in 2019 and was actually the last class to have graduated in person. I can't imagine how students are able to succeed with online classes, but also having their co-ops, performances, labs, internships, study abroad, you name it, all that being canceled. So I wanted to talk about the major changes that students and professors are having to adapt to, but also why student entrepreneurship is currently thriving. So how have you felt over the last year not being able to see your students in class? I really miss my in-class interaction with my students. I love the stories they tell, their fun personalities, the diverse opinions they offer, the interaction in general. Online has definitely been less fulfilling for me and probably for a lot of professors. My in-person classes always involve small group discussions and presentations. And now because I have an asynchronous format, they've all been turned into online assignments. And because there's less in-class interaction, workload is pretty much tripled for many professors, including me. I have between 275 and 280 students this semester, and online classes have increased the amount of assignments I I grade because we have to have deliverables. And students also have an increased workload as well, but it's hard for professors to give really genuine feedback when you don't get to know the students. So these, these assignments that used to be small group projects or group discussions and not graded assignments have now been switched to all online. And I have 18 assignments, one of which is 100 points, a large assignment for them to do. I have 18 to grade. And when you multiply that by the number of students I have, it computes to almost 5,000 assignments to grade, along with giving typed comments to each of my students for every single assignment. So definitely an increased workload. Great, for both parties. So, and thank you so much for sharing how you're feeling and what you're going through. I can imagine what it's like to not see such a huge part of your profession. But I wanted to take a minute to recognize how difficult this year has been for students. They have been told from day one of freshmen to get involved, join clubs, even go out on the town, study abroad, and get that real-world work experience. So to have that all taken away with no warning, I feel like it's absolutely tragic, not good for their mental health whatsoever or preparation for the real world. But on the bright side, we're seeing many students still interview for online positions. They're still somehow able to make it work. So what mistakes do students and graduating seniors make 
who are interviewing for intern positions online and jobs after graduation. Well, the number one regret students tell me they have is that they wish they had prepared better for interviews. A lot of students these days are a little bit too sure of themselves and think they can wing an interview, but they actually need to take more time to research the company and definitely research the position they're applying for. They don't prepare enough for questions, and so they're left blindsided by questions about the company during the interview, and they think that their resume and high GPA and even their volunteer experience will get them the job. A resume just gets you in the door. You need to sell yourself to the interviewer, and if resumes got you the job, no one would interview. Great, and I feel like it's it's harder for me personally to interview over a screen as opposed to in person because the interviewer can't see your body language, they can't see your confidence and how well you react to the conversation. So I feel like the people who are interviewing students or graduating seniors, they focus more on how the student is answering their questions and the research that they know about the business um, or the company that they're applying to. So I feel like words matter way more when you're doing an online interview as opposed to those in-person interviews. Absolutely. And for many students, classes are actually an afterthought. When I was a student, I was so eager to get out into the world, start working, so I often forgot about my classes. I have failed classes, I have failed assignments, and I think many people can relate to that, but also not getting chosen for internships. So you named the failure, I think many students have gone through a multitude of failures themselves. So we know that everybody fails, we know that everybody makes mistakes, and I think it's important for people to fail. But what can students do to fix their errors in the classroom? Well, first of all, students need to take ownership of their mistakes and do so as soon as they possibly can. So, And don't make excuses or pass the blame, which many of them tend to do. Stop blaming your professor, your colleagues, your boss, your alarm for your shortcomings. You know, be accountable for your mistakes. Apologize. Try to make it right. And if you're unable to make it right and you consequently get fired or fail a class, then learn from the mistake move on and try not to repeat it. That's, that's such good advice because I feel like many students don't think that professors want them to succeed, but the work that they put in the classroom is a, is a direct reflection of what they're going to put out in their first job or wherever they decide to go after college. So I think it's important for students to remember that the professors want them to succeed. They want them to make mistakes and learn from them because that's how you grow. Because you're right, the consequences are they get fired or they fail a class and maybe that pushes their graduation back. So kind of going off of your advice for those who make mistakes, what are some of your pet peeves as a professor? Almost like a (laughs) tell-all. Well, (laughs) probably my biggest one, and I've seen it increase over the years, is students not owning their mistakes and making excuses for them, and then consequently they expect to be given special treatment. So students need to stop making excuses. Consequences are important for growth. It doesn't feel good from a professor's point of view reading excuses. Blame technology or using work as an excuse when students have had two weeks to complete an assignment, it just shows a lack of emotional intelligence. It shows immaturity. And professors really do want students to succeed, but not as a result of being coddled or being allowed to bend the rules or deadlines and standards so that they will succeed based on being coddled or or being given special circumstances. 
I can't imagine the excuses that you've seen. I have oh. a feeling that you've seen every excuse in the book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and being a business professor, especially at UC's Liberal College of Business, I'm sure that you've seen every business idea possible. You've seen so many different personality types, and you've seen a lot of entrepreneurship-driven students walk through your door. And since students we know are primarily online nowadays, and probably for a little bit in the future, I feel like now is a really great time to seriously consider a business idea that they've actually thought about pursuing. And I'm sure that you've seen many students brainstorm these business concepts right in your classroom, and then you see them start their own business after graduation and be successful. So why is now such a great time to actually really realistically think about starting their own business? Well, as everyone knows, life and business as we knew it a year ago, almost to the day, has changed drastically, and we're all in a transition period. A lot of students are already way outside their comfort zone, and they've lost co-op opportunities. They've maybe had a job offer rescinded. They've missed out on study abroads and other things to shore up their resumes. So during these uncertain times is actually the best time to take a risk and start a business. You've got little or nothing to lose. And in addition, COVID has drastically changed demand for different goods and, and services and even the way we do business in general. So now is a great time to come up with new ideas and set them into motion because the business landscape is, is ready with open arms. Right. And I feel like businesses nowadays, since more, since more, since more is happening online, we can just say that, um, People need to worry about their storefronts. There's many opportunities from an online platform that are now just being taken advantage of since so many of those in-person things are moving online. So I think like more job opportunities are opening up that we had no idea even existed five years ago. Mm -hmm. Opportunities, product lines, the different types of jobs, and even for the students who don't go to a four-year college, if they choose to pursue a trade, um, if they're in performing arts, art students. Um, medical school, there are so many options that are now online that it's such a great, now is such a great time for students to pursue those if they've always wanted to. So Absolutely. What advice do you have students who, after listening to this podcast, <laughs> they want <laughs> to pursue their own business idea after college, while they're a student, or even if they're not a student and they have never been comfortable taking that step into pursuing their own business idea? Well, the, the best advice I can give is to have a business plan. You know, ideas alone will not make something, make you successful. You have to know how you're going to finance and market your venture and how you're going to get the money and do you qualify for a loan? What licenses do you need? How will you get your product or service to your, your consumer? You do it alone or will you have a partner? You have to be prepared and you have to be extremely flexible because no venture no matter how well you've, you've planned it, ever goes according to plan. So start small, be very realistic in your expectations, and don't let the little setbacks that you're inevitably going to have discourage you. You know, continue on and, and just work towards the success of the business without worrying about all the, the little setbacks that you're going to have. Right, and so many... I mean, every business plan, every successful business out there started with an idea, something happened in their life, and then they thought, oh, well, let's create a plan to go forward. So, yes, everything starts as an idea, but you have to realistically 
and logically think, think through the steps to make that plan, put it on paper, and then go forth with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's so easy now to just get online and you, there's so much information out there so you can read about different failures. And Steve Jobs is, is a perfect example, failed many, many times. And if he had given up because he had failed and it was just like, woe is me, I can't handle failure, we wouldn't have the products that we have these days that are an integral part of our lives. There are so many people who have failed initially and just kept going and they tweaked their products or their services or they they um, ignore the rejection and just keep on going. I mean, even uh, J.K. Rowling from the Harry Potter books had a lot of rejection and finally got to the point where she could publish her book and look what happened with that. So I think that students these days can be, they're more aware of the different people and different ventures that have failed. And I think if anything else, it gives them motivation to try on their own, knowing that others, very big people have have failed. Right. And I know that I get frustrated if I fail immediately. So that can really discourage me from going forward with something that Mm -hmm. I have always wanted to. So it may be best to just suck it up, take the failure, and have the confidence to continue with it because you don't know that maybe the third or fourth time you failed, even the sixth or seventh time you failed, maybe that eighth time would be your your success, your launch of your Absolutely. business, and you'll never know. Well, a lot of it's timing, you know, it's being in the right place at the right time. And, again, that's why today is such a great time to start something because – who would have ever guessed that we would be hit with a pandemic and that life as we knew it changed so much? So talk about timing. That was kind of thrust upon us. And so you know, maybe the, the first five or six times you pitch an idea, it's not the right time. But the seventh time you do, all of a sudden things have opened up and it's the right time. Right, and we have all these online resources. You have entrepreneurship-based communities, especially the, I think the startup Cincinnati entrepreneurship community is mm-hmm. huge and it's thriving. And this is a really great city to experiment um, with a different demographic, try new products in different markets. So Absolutely. online resources are everything and getting involved and making sure people know who you are, you're networking and I know I got really proud of hearing networking in college but it's so important for the success of a business. Absolutely and not just to get a job it's it's also important for getting your idea out there and getting your your business um, started and word of mouth you know expanding it so it's not when a lot of students have heard that word before they think of networking as just who do you know so you can get a job but you're also networking with consumers or potential consumers for your product or service. Right, because people people often forget that business owners are also consumers mm-hmm. at the same time. So it's a really great community to bounce ideas off of, hear their mistakes, their story, um, because one detail could that you don't think is important could really stick out in their mind. And if they are hiring for a new position, if they want to expand, um, 
into different markets, they think, oh, well, this person told me this one time about a certain family member or how they experimented and found the products that they found or that they started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's kind of the jumping point for Absolutely. Any of those a, yeah, just sharing experiences and sharing knowledge. It's so much easier to do online now. You don't even have to meet with the person or even know the person. So mm-hmm. it, it's the resources are they're abundant online. So to start small, <laughs> be realistic yes. about your expectations and don't let those setbacks, regardless of what it is, don't let them discourage you. Exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. Well, Mary, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, for those listening, I wanted to really quickly celebrate Mary's retirement after 25 years. She's very well loved in the UC community, and we wish you the best of luck. We hope that you and students are working their hardest, trying to make it through, and making the best out of their current situation. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. And it's been, really been a pleasure being on your podcast. Well, I'm Sarah Kummer with your local Better Business Bureau, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of BBB Presents. Until next time, connect with BBB Cincinnati on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to check out local businesses and do your part by leaving reviews at BBB.org.